Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This episode of the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Football Podcast is brought to you by Bet Online and Play Action Pools. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron and start of the new football season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest, the world's largest 200,000 NFL Survivor Contest, open now at BetOnline. And make sure you head over to the website or use the mobile device and sign up today for 100% welcome bonus. Take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is refunded up to $25, 100%. For new customers only, by signing up using the promo code NFL100. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all favorite sports. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And exciting news our podcast is partnering with playactionpools.com this season to bring some interactive fun to the sports we love most. You'll be able to get in on the action with our playactionpools.com football pick'em challenge, which is open to everyone. Here's how it works. Sign up on our contest, Believe Football Pick'em, at playactionpools.com, and then get your picks in each week. We're going to select 10 highest-profile games of the week between NFL and college football, and whoever gets the most picks correct each week will win a pair of electric sunglasses and a pair of DC shoes. Again, go to playactionpools.com and sign up for the contest Believe, B-L-E-A-V, Believe Football Pick'em. And if you plan on hosting your own football contest, go to playactionpools.com today. They've got Survivor, Pick'em, as well as cool sportsbook-style concept called Build Your Bankroll. Playactionpools.com, your new home for all your office sports pools. Everybody, welcome back to the Fantasy, Fantasy Football Podcast. And if you're watching us live, welcome back uh, to the Fantasy Focus Network. We're here to do week three. We got a bunch of segments today, and I'm here with my best new friend, who I got to say is just dr- running up the ranks. He was probably 50 before week one. Now he's in that top 20. He's a top 24 player for me right now, and that's Buck. Buck, what's going on, buddy? Yeah, you can't fade me anymore, Bob. It's great to be back on with you on a Wednesday night, kind of getting used to our date nights here. They're working out really, really well. Um, Absolutely. Super excited about week three. I think there's some great matchups out there for fantasy football. Can't wait for the live show on Sunday. Folks, you can find us here on Fantasy Focus Network Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern. Tell your friends. Tell your colleagues. Tell your coworkers. That if they want the best in the biz, they got to come here for it. 10 a.m. through 1 p.m. Eastern, we are stacked back-to-back with questions. And we will get to every single one of your questions. And Bob will provide some great insight. And I might get one or two right. I, that's not even accurate because, Buck, <laughs> you've been on point. I mean, if everybody traded for Tyler Lockett last week when we did our segment, you know, everyone would be a lot happier now. So just listen to Buck. He's going to throw a little spice on everything for you. And you're going to win your fantasy league. That's why we love him. But this episode and all our episodes are brought to you by BetOnline AG and also Play Action Pools. We want to make sure that you're also following us everywhere on our social medias, at Fantasy Focus on Instagram and also Twitter. Then you got me, at Fantasy Football X Factor on Instagram. Also, Bobby LaMarco, I made it real simple for you on Twitter. And at Sky Gawasco, my co-host, 
on Twitter as well. You also got Bucks Twitter handle right there, Bucks the 59. So make sure you're following us on all our social media platforms, including TikTok. I'm doing some hip stuff over there, like some cutouts, dance moves. I'm like super trendy. Absolutely not. But I'm just trying to give you sound bites every week on there as well. But as you all know, what we are doing today is we're going to talk a little bit about Thursday night football because we know that's going to be tomorrow when you hear this podcast drop for you. The Thursday morning, so we're going to touch a little bit on Thursday night football. Then me and Buck are going to go toe-to-toe versus the experts. And we're going to dive into these rankings and say you got to fade that guy and you got to buy that guy. So we're going to help you out, find some sleepers, maybe guys that are not being as highly ranked as the experts say, and also some top guys you could fade. And then we're going to touch a really quick on some streamers, guys extremely low owned that you can probably go get on your waiver wire right now. So let's start right off the bat. Now, Buck, I gave you a little bit of a homework assignment before the show started, and I asked you, who was your honorable mention? A guy that didn't make the segment today, but it's on the back of your mind. Maybe someone you're buying this week who's not a top 24 player. Who's that guy for you this week? So this player, he's on the Arizona Cardinals, and he's a player that I think has jo- he's dropped some jaws through two weeks here, and that's Rondale Moore. I want any piece of this offense. I think I said it on the live show here and on this show last Wednesday. But Kyler Murray is absolutely cooking at this juncture. And you have a guy with Rondale Moore who they can line up wherever they want. They'll find the ball short. You saw the deep threat last week. Through two games here, Bob, he's got 11 catches. He's got a touchdown. And the thing that stands out to me is his ability to make men miss in the open field. I think they will continue to grow him into this offense. This is a player that is still available out there. Well, maybe not right now when we record, Bob. I think he got scooped up pretty quick. But he's just a different-looking player out there. He's a throwback slot receiver, but he can also kind of be your outside angle route guy as well. This is a player that just truly excites me, gets me fired up every time I see him touch the ball. I don't know if you got to catch him on Sunday, Bob, for that whole game, but it was just damn impressive what he did out there. So I'm high. I am very high on Rondale Moore for the rest of the season as a potential waiver wire pickup. Yeah, and he's they're manufacturing touches for him too, which you got to love to see. It's just nice. Kyler Murray with some good weapons. Oh, look at that. That's awesome. That's what you need to see. I like when the teams invest in their quarterbacks with good weaponry. I'm excited, too, for that. We're actually going to talk about a Cardinals player later in the episode. But before we do all our ECR start sits, we're going to go a little bit into Thursday night preview. But before I tell you to go into Thursday night football, this segment is brought to you by our partners over at Bomb Banana Hot Sauce. Seekthespice.com. Now, if you guys haven't been to Bomb Banana just yet, we recommend that you jump over there and try some of their great flavors. They have the original. They got the Mui Mui. So go to SeekTheSpice.com, and if you use that promo code TCK, you get 10% off your order. So if you're on Thursday night, you're having some hot wings, you need a little extra kick, try some SeekTheSpice.com and get yourself some bomb banana hot sauce. All right, so this Thursday night preview could have been fun. I think Tyrod Taylor was playing really good, and I think that would have been a fun little matchup. I mean, listen, Tyrod Taylor, for what it's worth, even before he left in week two, was lighting up the Browns. So something's going on. Something's in the water in Houston. I like it. So overall, though, this game takes a huge hit because of that Davis Mills now being the starter. Now, basically, Davis Mills is going to be playing the, one of the best surprising defenses in the NFL, and that's the Carolina Panthers. They put a, a clinic against the red-hot Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston bit us all right in the butt after a huge week one. Comes out with a dud. I think it's like we should have known. 
But the Carolina Panthers are the real deal on defense. I think this kind of makes me a little worried about how this game flow is going to be because the Panthers might not need to do much. CMC is going to do his thing. He's going to get his. The question comes, how many guys around, you know, CMC can really produce if the Texans can't keep up? This could be a, a 21 to 7 football game if it gets to a certain point. So a little concern there. But just to give you some quick tidbits, the Texans this season have allowed big games to remember the Jaguars in week one. They all go off. But that was because the Texans went off themselves. So I just want to be a little wary about that because I know the Jags had a big week against playing a little catch up. I just don't see that game flow happening. So that does make it a little more concerning uh, for this game. So I guess, Buck, my question for you is we know you're starting CMC. We know the Panthers are probably one of your top waiver wire defenses, a defense you can start this week. Outside of those two, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, what's your confidence level for the rest of these guys? So DJ Moore, it's still extremely high. And I'm also, I'm not going to sleep on Bob Anderson off one bad week. I'm all, I'm going to think positive for both of those players. I do think the first half should go the Panthers way, but what I've seen so far in the Texans is they're going to, they're going to scrap. They're going to claw. And the Thursday night games, we've had two on the slate so far, one of which we thought would be extremely ugly. I was surprised last week, Bob, and I, I wouldn't be shocked if this is closer than what the experts predict. I don't think you have full gangbusters as far as that 2-0 Carolina Panthers squad. I think they're still working things out, and I think it'll get to a point where this will be a little bit closer than the experts think, than what the line thinks. I think this is a way to draw in betters, and I also think that it's going to be about a 50-50 split on the money for this game in terms of that spread. So... For Carolina, I'm still fine with DJ Moore. I'm still Dan Arnold of all people. Uh, I really, I thought he actually went pretty well last week for him in such a crazy, crazy low tight end scoring week that we had last week. So there are some players that I'm not starting. Dan Arnold, by the way, that was just a I was harkening back to a couple of weeks ago. Uh, but yeah, I, I like DJ Moore quite a bit. Bob Anderson, depending on where you drafted him, you got to get him in there. And then on the Houston side, I really don't know where to lean. Although I wasn't, I I wasn't surprised to see Davis Mills do well. But looking at his college statistics, looking at his tenure there at Stanford, you know, it wasn't all sunshine, rainbows, and throwing dimes. I mean, this this guy was a grinder out there, not tons of experience. And I thought he actually looked well in his debut last Sunday when he came in for relief of Tyrod Taylor. You know, he was the number one recruit out of high school, and then he just suffered a bunch of injuries and only started, I think, like 11 games in college. It's very low. Um, it's, so the talent might be there. It's just the fact that he's coming. It's a short week when he wasn't getting the starters reps. So it's just like maybe – and against a Carolina – Carolina defense is ranked number one in football outsiders DVOA. So that's like – right there is a huge red flag for me. Um, but he did hyper-target Brandon Cooks. So nine of his 18 attempts went to Brandon Cooks. I like when a, when a young kid's just like, I'm going to throw it to my best player and hope he does something with it. That's at least something for Brandon Cooks. Um, we did see the Jets, Corey Davis, in week one get some production against the Carolina Panthers. So I think that it's not out of the realm, but I think he's just a, a, a low-end flex uh, for fantasy purposes. But we do have – I know, and listen, we love to promote our start sit show. So our start sits every Sunday, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. Pacific time and 10 a.m. 1 p.m. Eastern because I wear all over the West Coast. I'm bright and early with you guys. But, Buck, just to get the blood flowing a little bit, we'll answer one of these start sits. 
Okay, just to get the blood flowing, we got a Mike Williams or Julio. When we don't have a format, guys, we assume half point. What's your feelings, Buck? A little teaser for some. I gotta say, I, I I'm kind of feeling Mike Williams. I don't. If you have double digit targets back to back weeks, I'm, it's gonna take a lot for me to fade that. Julio should have had a monster game last week. The tides kind of turned against him in terms of the officiating there. I still believe in Julio, but I'm going to ride that hot hand. I'm going to ride the targets. I'm going with Mike Williams. He's really impressed me, I think, more so than any receiver in the NFL so far this year through two weeks. Official Savage. Just want to let you know, that was a little teaser, a little glimpse of what you could see every Sunday. Please come check us out every Sunday at this channel. So make sure you're checking us out at the Fantasy Football Fantasy Focus Network channel. We'll get all your start sits. All right, folks, we're going to get into what why we're really here. The Thursday night football is a nice teaser, but we're here to talk about expert consensus ranking, TCK and fantasy focus versus ECR. So expert consensus ranking for everyone who you know is for uh, the fantasy pros does a list of all the experts and they combine all the rankings and they put together a top 12, top 24. And me and Buck go in and figure out who shouldn't be in the top 12 for quarterback and tight end and top 24 for running back and receiver. So what we like to do is kick things off. So Buck's going to tell us we're going to start at the QB position. Now, Buck, give us a QB that's currently in the top 12 on expert consensus ranking that you're fading for week three. So this one factors down to game flow. A player that has impressed me so far through this year is Teddy Bridgewater. He's currently ECR 12 for week three. The thing with him is he's been efficient, but KJ Hamler's got to do more for me to really believe. You know, I thought last week might be the coming out party for him. Unfortunately, we didn't have the, the turnaround on the productivity there from KJ. But I will say, I expect the Denver Broncos to win this game. I expect them to win it handily. And when it when a push comes to shove, they have two very capable running backs at a 50-50 clip with both Marvin and Marvin Gordon and then or Melvin Gordon. <laughs> Marvin Jones got in my head from last week. I like it. Uh Melvin Gordon there and Javante Williams. I, I just think that they're gonna run away with this one a bit here against the Jets. And believe it or not, the Jets have actually been pretty successful despite a terrible secondary against the quarterbacks so far through two weeks, which is the shocker of the century, considering if you look at who they're starting five deep in that defensive backfield. So I ju I'm just saying more of a game script thing, more of a game flow pick here to fade Teddy B, but got to commend the guy for his job through two weeks. Yeah, you know what? I, I did pick a second guy, but this is the guy I had in my notes before you texted me earlier, and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> so, But Teddy B is the guy for me too, but I'll talk quickly about someone. But this is why I think Teddy B is the only guy in the top 12 that I don't think is going to be there. He's going to have a good game, and they're going to win. But if he goes 250-2, and two, that's not going to win you your fantasy week. That's great for the NFL, great for the W. We're talking fantasy football here, folks. That's not what we want. The other thing is this, the Jets, like you just brought up, are 13th in pass DVOA defense. They face the Giants, who are 23rd, Jacksonville is 28th. So two much weaker opponents against the pass and DVOA. Also, total dropbacks. The Jets have faced the eighth fewest dropbacks per game. The Giants are the sixth most, and the Jacksonville is inside the top 20. So this is an interesting. The Jets don't see a lot of pass volume, and they're actually not bad from an efficiency basis. So I do agree. But for the people, I decided, Buck, to switch it over and say, who's another guy that I'm a little worried about? And it's Dak Prescott. So Dak last week, we saw the bottom fall out. I mean, it was not a great game for him. Um, that Tampa Bay week one, listen, the Bucks put up points, 
and they're not as strong against the pass. So it was a big game for Dak. Second week, he was a complete dud. He actually killed me in leagues. Oh, man, it was terrible. Uh, but this is the other thing. Is the Eagles a shutdown defense? I talked about this in week one on our, on our Sunday live show. This is a brand-new defense. They brought in a brand-new uh, scheme. It's a zone scheme. They brought in uh, Nelson from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, all of a sudden, they're shutting down teams. And week one against Matt Ryan, Matt Ryan threw for 164 yards against the Eagles. Week two against Tampa Bay, 300 yards. Okay? Then it's Jimmy G. Jimmy G in week two against this Eagles defense. 189 passing yards. Week one against Detroit, 314. So both teams, they face under 200 passing yards. The other game they played, those two teams over 300 yards. So that worries me a little bit about Zach, especially if Cooper, for whatever reason, does not play or does not play at 100%. Because now you have no Gallup, you got no Cooper at 100%. That could lean a lot on CeeDee Lamb. And don't get me wrong, CeeDee Lamb can eat. But I think that kind of lowers his ceiling, might make him just like a top 10 to 12 quarterback this week instead of his usual top six. But that's kind of my thoughts on the fade for Dak. Now we have, now we do like to give you alternatives. So who's a guy that you're buying at the QB position that you are trying to start this week? Who's outside the top 12, according to ECR. I'm taking a top five efficiency man for the season so far in a team that is just absolutely thriving offensively. It's Kirk cousins. Minnesota Vikings, heartbreaking losers at this juncture. But the fact remains, Kirk Cousins has been absolutely immaculate at the quarterback position. He's at 72%, Bob, 72%. We're putting up numbers, 595, five touchdowns, no picks. And he's playing against the Seattle defense here, who I'm sorry, I, I think Seattle can be a bit vulnerable here. Tannehill threw for 347 yards against them. And that's, that's a guy who is struggling to get it together from the offensive side of the football. So I, I got to say, if you give up 250 to Carson Wentz in week one, I'm probably going to think that that might be a bit susceptible for a guy who's as red hot as Kirk Cousins is for the hapless, but also very exciting to watch Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I listen, I agree. Game flow has always been fun with Kirk. When the, you know the other team's going to score, Kirk does good. I actually draft him in a couple leagues. I'm all in on this one. Mine's a little bit of a deeper guy. I think J J Kirk Cousins should be a top 12 every week. My guy's not. Someone we actually don't like and we don't want to like. But for fantasy, he's been producing. And it's Jared Goff. And I'm going to do a little bit of a hybrid thing here. And I'm going to go off script. He's also my QB streamer this week. So, Buck, I'll get your thoughts on that in a second. But Jared Goff, here's the thing. Whether we like it or not, he's the QB 10 in six-point-per-passing touchdown leagues through two weeks. Not because he's really good. It's because... The Detroit Lions defense is getting destroyed, and they're forced to throw. Volume is king in fantasy football, and he's out there throwing a bunch of passes, and it's leading to a lot of garbage time, but I don't care if it looks good. I don't care if he scores 20 points when they're down double digits. It counts for my fantasy team. And this week, they play the Baltimore Ravens at home. I like Jared Goff indoors at home against a Baltimore team who you know is going to put up points this week against Detroit. I could see the game flow happening again. I think Jared Goff at home all season, when he's in average or good matchups, I'm going to want to start him because I think he's going to get a lot of volume and play well. But Baltimore as a defense has not been that great. The Raiders and Derek Carr had their way against them. Currently today, as it stands through two weeks, they are fifth in the NFL in dropbacks allowed. 
So the teams are getting volume against the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, one was Kansas City, and I totally understand it. But the Raiders had their way. Derek Carr threw for 400 yards, people. Like, that's not normal. They're also 24th in pass DVOA, so that talks efficiency. So they're giving up volume, and they're not really efficient against the pass either. So that, to me, makes Jared Goff an intriguing flyer, especially if you're someone who drafted a quarterback late, hasn't really found their footing at the QB position. Jared Goff's someone that's well below 10% owned on Yahoo leagues, you could definitely go get him. So what's your thoughts about him as a potential streamer this week against Baltimore? I think if you look at the makeup of Detroit right now, it sets up well for him to have to throw the football 35 plus times just because of where the game lies. And that's honest to God, Bob, that is half of the battle in fantasy football is figuring out, you know what? It's not a shiny, flashy Ferrari. Sometimes you just need a Kia Sorento to push yourself over the finish line. Sometimes that's all you need. It gets you to the beer store. It gets you to the Olive Garden to get you a fine Italian meal. When you're here, you're family. That's Olive Garden. So that's that's what I'm thinking about when I'm thinking about Jared Goff. He's family to me, and if he'll just keep dumping it off, I couldn't be happier with it because guess what? He's got two guys that can make something happen with the ball. If you can make it happen with the ball in your hands, you can get yardage for your quarterback with him throwing the ball a total of two yards. I like those types of plays, Bob. And I like the fact that TJ Hawkinson is going to be that seam route man hitting those nice post routes. That's my guy, TJ Hawkinson. And don't look now. Quintez Cephas is here. We're dealing with the Cephas. It's so, bad. yeah, I'm, I'm high on golf here. It's just – here's the thing. If you're in this situation where you're streaming quarterbacks, you can't just think who's going to have the best game in a winning effort. You have to think who's going to have the best game in the worst blowout of the week. You know, it's a great call about that Quintus Cephas. He led the Detroit Lions receivers in routes last week. Tyrell Williams was out, but he leapfrogged Khalif Raymond and, and St. Brown in routes, and he produced. He got in the end zone 63 yards. That's a sleeper. I like that. All right, so let's get out of the quarterbacks, and let's jump to the running backs right now. We're going to start off with a top 24 running back that you're fading for this week. Tell us a little bit about who that is. It's Clyde Edwards-Alaire here, Bob, and I don't think that's going to shock anybody, but through two weeks, I just have not been impressed whatsoever, but it's it's more than two weeks. It's the history beyond that. You go further back, it's been frustrating since he was drafted in the first round last year. 27 rushes, 89 yards. That simply isn't getting it done if you are trying to win in fantasy football. That's through two games, Bob. Three targets, three receptions. The productivity is just not there. Oh, yeah, hasn't found the end zone. And the fact remains, the Chiefs will find a way to get it done with or without him. It doesn't matter. We saw it last year, Darwin coming in, getting some things done. And I'm I'm just not high on CEH, Bob. Just not high on him anymore. I think him being at 18 for ECR is incredibly high. But I understand when I look at that running back stack from about 18 to 30, I understand why he is where he is because of the offense he plays in, but looking at the player himself, he's got to produce more. And that fumble just killed my soul. And I don't know how that's going to sit there with the big man in charge, the big walrus. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to give him one more week. The Chargers run defense just got gashed by Dallas, but you're right. It's like, this is doomsday. I have them in three leagues. 
it's doomsday. You are right, and I agree. Mine's actually someone who's actually playing well. So I'm actually going a little bit of a different direction, but I'm fading him for a different reason. That's Damian Harris. So Damian Harris is playing white hot right now. He is getting all the ground game work. But this is just, just when it comes down to it, they're playing the Saints. Now, the Saints are banged up in the secondary. We brought this up on our Sunday live show. Make sure you're checking us out. We're bringing up live injury updates. We talked about Marshawn Lattimore. We talked about C.J. Gardner-Johnson. But the ground game was still elite. The ground game defense held Christian McCaffrey, hands down one of the best, is probably the best running back in football to three yards per carry. Okay, so that's not great. He got the volume. He did find the end zone. But this guy averaged three yards per carry. That's CMC, guy who's like flirting between four and a half and five, usually. Aaron Jones, the previous week, 1.8 yards per carry in a ridiculous blowout in that game. This is not just a two-week thing. Last year, the year before, they've always had great run defenses. Plus, when I look at my adjusted line yards metric, he is the fifth worst matchup of the week against New Orleans. Plus, the Patriots have injuries to Trent Brown and other players on the offensive line have banged up. So I'm thinking because he doesn't catch passes and you're relying solely just on the ground, this is not the type of matchup where he is going to be great. Even if he finds the end zone, you might be looking at maybe, you know, 11 points with all that, with a touchdown. So I'm just not going to chase a touchdown this week. That's why he's my RB fade. But now, typically, we like to give you some guys to you can start. So those are top 24 running backs we're fading. But, but give us a top 24 uh, out guy outside the top 24 running backs that you're interested in buying to maybe replace these guys in week three. Same backfield, Bob. Same backfield. And for the very reasons you laid out, I'm going with Jimmy White. I think Jimmy gets in there. Shout out to your dog making a cameo back there. Uh, <laughs> James White, this is a guy who's just consistent. And, and you're not going to get goal line. You're not getting the carries on the goal line from him, but you will get a minimum of six targets. And the fact is this year and in years past, he converts on those targets. Those are catches. You will get between 35 and 45 yards. You're playing in a PPR format. You get six catches for 45 yards, Bob. That's 10.5. Hopefully he squeezes in an end zone look, gets a touchdown, and we're talking 16, which should propel him into that top 24 for this week. And with the way that the Saints have been treating these top-of-the-line running backs, I mean, we've seen what CMC has done. We've seen what Aaron Jones did on Monday night. These are two of the best in the league, and they were shut down. They were rendered useless. I think with a conventional running scheme, that inside runner with Damian Harris, he will find a little bit of a pushback there from that Saints front. And James White, doors wide open, man. The door is wide open. Just run through it. This could, I might cap this, Bob. This could be an 18-point performance from James White in a PPR. Yeah. And, and Belichick's the type of coach that's not going to do, he's going to scheme to their weaknesses, right? He's not going to just keep ramming Damian Harris into that line knowing it's a weakness for this offense. So I like it. My guy is someone that I'm starting to build a little. I, did, I have zero shares of him in season long. But I actually starting to really like his usage after diving into it. It's Leonard Fournette. So first of all, my adjusted line yards metric for this week, he's number one. The Bucks have the number one matchup against the Rams. This offense has just been great. But I'm starting to see Leonard Fournette is slowly becoming the all – he's getting all-around work, even with Gio and Ronald Jones there. But he's also he's, – so in running back touches last week, he, had, he was 15-7 to 7 for Jones. Routes run. Uh, 17 to only five for Gio. We all thought Gio was going to take over as the clear passing down back. 
But it sounds like they want to keep Fournette out there as much as he can handle. I think Gio, of course, will have his role going forward. And especially games, I think the Bucs, if they're losing by two touchdowns in a game, yes, Gio will probably be out there. But the Bucs are so good, I don't see that happening a lot. And then on top of all that, it's the red zone work. He actually has seven red zone carries to zero for Ronald Jones. He leads the team in red zone touches with 10 on the year. So it's just, it's just about time for him to find that end zone this week. He's going up in against a really uh, winnable matchup. We saw David Montgomery look very good against this Rams defense in week one. So I think that based on the matchup, based on his current usage, he's due for a nice week. So I think Leonard Fournette is a guy that I'm actually buying at the running back position. All right, Buck, Super high getting? on him. Yeah. Give me, go ahead. Give me your two cents, Buck. I know I'm, you know, go ahead. Talk to me. No, he, he does look like the same old Lenny Fournette. He's just, he's driving the Rolls Royce with this offense right now. And so with the threats in the passing game that the Buccaneers possess and Tom Brady behind center, I just feel like you're right. He He's due for a little bit of that goal line roll call here. Yeah. All right. All right, before we jump into the receivers, we want to just quickly, because we're, we're men of the people, Buck, and we want to make sure we're doing this. We have a, one of our frequent flyers coming in here, Victor. What's going on, buddy? Listen, we'll help you out a little bit here. He's looking for a guy to stream. Last week, I know Tanyan was your fade. Are you feeling a little bit better about Rob Tanyan this week? Or are you going with a guy like Knox? Or is there another tight end you're thinking about maybe uh, in this scenario? The Bills' play calling is simply unpredictable. I do know that... Aaron Rodgers, he can be unpredictable, but he does love to look for Tunyon in, in the red zone. Got the touchdown last week. Obviously, the targets and receptions haven't been there so far, but that team struggled like hell week one. Week two, they started to get it together, and you saw Bob Tunyon start to get a bit more involved, picked up the tutty. I think this week I'm still going with Tunyon. I just can't trust Knox. I think Knox is a very talented player. It's just you never know when the Bills are going to look tight end. And even okay. even in, even in Dawson Knox's best game, I think his target count was five, five. Bob, I need that. If you're gonna have your best game ever, I need you at eight or nine to believe in you. That's just my two cents. I, I'm gonna ride with Tanya in there. All right, all right. Before we jump into the wide receivers, we want to just take a quick break and talk a little bit about the Jersey Jungle. Jersey Jungle, guys, listen. This is a great. Stitch and Twill Prime jersey. This is the type of jersey you see on NFL.com, but for half the price. And the best part, too, is you can go right on Instagram right now and you go to check out the Jersey Jungle. What I always recommend is follow their account and actually look at their stories. They constantly have new jerseys coming out. Just follow their stories. You'll see all the new stuff that comes in. You can definitely reach out to them. And Sky always talks about he actually has all of them displayed behind him. I'm looking forward to getting my first jersey this season at some point. But we always recommend that if you do go to Jersey Jungle and order a jersey, make sure you use that promo code TCK to get 10% off one, two, and 15% off three jerseys. Now, before we go into this, we always talk about this now. Buck, is there a jersey, is there a jersey that you've just been longing for and you haven't gotten? I know last time it was uh, Brian Reeves from the Grizzlies, so that was a great one. Uh, give us another one that you've kind of thought you want right now. At this stage, I want I want that four for the Arizona Cardinals. We started the episode with him. We'll revisit him right now. Rondale Moore, the Purdue Boilermaker. That's the guy I'm looking for. All right, Buck. Let's go into our top 20. Let's get into the receivers. Talk about a, t- a top 24 receiver that you're fading this week based on expert consensus rankings. Yeah, so I got Debo Samuel here. And that should shock folks considering – is he not the number one overall receiver statistically this year, Bob? 
He's close. I'm going to look into that for you. Okay. He's close. I mean, he's got like 300 yards and in something like 16 or 17 catches. So, I mean, the guy's producing. Fact is, Jair Alexander exists. He's real. And, Bob, you probably have picked this up now. We've recorded, what, five, six, seven times together. I fade against power corners. I will fade all day. And Debo Samuel is the de facto number one there for the 49ers. Jair Alexander will take him down. We'll take him down. Debo Samuel maybe gets you 11 points. That's not enough to get you into that top 24. I just don't believe in Garoppolo. I believe in Debo Samuel, but I believe more so in my guy Jair Alexander. Uh, he's number three, Buck, overall. Number three. Yeah. So it feels like him. one because he shocked yeah. and awed me. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a it's been a great run for him so far this season. But Brandon Ayuk too could start emerging. He actually played a lot last week, so I do like that one. So my guy is someone that kind of uh, picked up where Jerry Judy left off, and it's Cortland Sutton. Now Cortland Sutton last week had awesome, I mean awesome usage. Played in the slot, got deep targets, five deep targets. I brought this up in our player trends episode, but it was against the Jaguars. The Jaguars are going to go – we're going to go back to the Jaguars and say, hmm, Jaguars are probably the worst defense against number one wide receivers all season, and I don't want to chase them. Here's why. So first off, Brandon Cooks, week one, five for 132 against the Jags. Yes, he produced last week nine for 79 and one, but not five for 132. I know the touchdown does skew the numbers a little bit, but he had five receptions for a buck 32 against the Jags defense. So I don't see necessarily Cortland Sutton getting that same level of – you know, production against a much stiffer opponent. We just talked about this, about the Jets' defense versus Teddy B. Listen, it's the thir- their 13th in DVOA against the pass, the fifth fewest dropbacks in the in the actual, on the season, on defense. So it's a lower pass volume defense. It's a defense that's much tougher than the Jags. But also, if you look at the Jets and how they performed, listen, they faced um, the Jets. And first of all, you know, for what it's worth, I'm sorry, the Jets. They faced the Patriots in week uh, week one. They actually shut down. I mean, guys like Jacoby Myers and those kind of players are all right, whatever. Then they played the Panthers in week one. And listen, DJ Moore, for what it's worth, he had six for 80 against, you know, this team. And then the next week he goes for 789 and one against the Saints. So I just think that for me, Cortland Sutton is going to be a little, get a little extra push. You got to push into that top 24. I think that's because of the Jags. And I think this week kind of falls back down a little bit and he's outside that top 24 for me. But now let's always talk about guys that we can replace these guys in the top 24. So Debo and Cortland Sutton are our fades. Now, Buck, tell us a wide receiver that you're buying who's currently going outside the top 24 in expert consensus rankings. I'm struggling to re- I'm struggling to understand here, Bob, how Hollywood Brown is at 30 for ECR this week. Hollywood Brown has been the main pass catching target for Lamar through two weeks, both weeks had eight targets for a total of 16 on the year, 12 receptions. He's over, what, he's over 91 yards average per game, two touchdowns, and it looks like, he looks like a different player to me. He looks like a focal point. We knew he had the route running. He's starting to piece this all together from his time at Oklahoma and then a couple of years in the league. All of a sudden, I think we're seeing the emergence of a bigger, bulkier Marquise Hollywood Brown. I was shocked that he's at 30. He's been very consistent target-wise, reception-wise, yardage, and a touchdown both weeks. And I think you could have a game with him where he catches six, but he could go for 150 
because he is an explosive threat in an explosive offense that really relies on running the football. But that passing game, he can open it up. Yeah. And he's number eight in fantasy right now. So he's a top 10 receiver. Uh, you know, it's, it takes a little, a couple weeks for these things to catch up. But my guy, I have kind of a similar argument about my guy, and it's Marvin Jones. I know it's just like we don't want it to be true. I'm sorry, people. It's true. Marvin Jones ranked 34 in expert consensus ranking. He's the wide receiver, 15 and half point PPR for the first two weeks. This guy is the number one on this offense. Week one, they had this, all this volume, and he had a nice, consistent game. Chanel had seven receptions, and DJ Chark had 12 targets. And then, sure enough, the second week comes along, and those guys fall off, and Marvin Jones is the one that stays because he is consistent. He's a veteran, and it's who Trevor Lawrence relies on the most. The Cardinals, DST, the Cardinals are going to put up points. We just brought this up with Detroit. This is a prime example. The Jacksonville Jaguars defense is going to get torched by Kyler Murray. That's going to lead Trevor Lawrence to drop back and throw 40-plus times, and he's going to get plenty of volume to throw to guys like Marvin Jones. Chase that volume, like Buff brought up earlier. We don't care if it looks good, man. It's all about fantasy production, so follow that. Also, the Cardinals DST, for what it's worth, allowed three touchdowns, a touchdown to each receiver, Thielen, Jefferson, and Osborne in the Minnesota game, and A.J. Brown found the end zone in week one. So there's been multiple wide receivers that have found the end zone against the Cardinals. I'm going to chase that all day. He's a top 15 wide receiver on the season, and I know he'll be a top 24 this week. All right, Buck, now that's our wide receivers. We're going to jump over to the tight ends. Now give us your tight end. This is a nice one. This is a spicy one. I think this is my favorite take you got so far. Give us your tight end that's going in the top 12 and expert consensus ranking that you're fading for week three. So as you know, Bob, the Ravens have struggled to find pieces at wide receiver that work in their favor. It's been a, it's been a year-over-year struggle for them. This year, we're seeing it kind of come together. Mark Andrews had to be the back that everybody was piling onto for this offense through the aerial attack. Now, all of a sudden, we're seeing the emergence of not only Hollywood Brown, but we're seeing the emergence of Sammy Watkins as a productive target for Lamar Jackson. And I think that's a good match. I think those are two receivers when they're playing their best game. They're both healthy. They take away looks from a guy who was averaging 6.5 targets per game. He's down on that. It's at five per game for him. Only converted eight of those 10. Mark Andrews, it's tough because you look at tight end. We talked about it last week. Tight end, there aren't many valuable options that you can slot into your lineup. But Mark Andrews, for me, this particular week, game script-wise, I think it's just going to be pounding ground, and I'm not sure that he'll be all that involved. It's always tough to pick anybody out of this top 12. But for me, I'm going to fade Mark Andrews simply because I own him in my Dynasty League, and it's very disappointing the output he's had through two weeks in a standard format. And i got to choose somebody, Bob. It's Mark Andrews. I'm taking the stab at it. I just I think Sammy Watkins has kind of changed the look of this offense a little bit. He's demanding targets, right? And it used to only be Andrews and Marquise Brown, and now it's Sammy Watkins. And then you have Rashad Bateman coming soon. Could be yep. a little dicey. Now, my guy is a guy I love. He's my sweet angel as well. I, I, he was my favorite stri- uh, deep sleeper last year is Logan Thomas. And listen, it's so far this season's been fine, but he has he's been like five receptions for 40 yards and in a PPR league, he's still going to be a starting asset, and I like that too. But my thing is this. The switch from Ryan Fitzpatrick to Taylor Heine- Heineke, he had some success with Taylor Heineke last year. 
But Tyler Haneke just hyper-targeted Terry McLaurin and left very little for everybody else. And now they're going to be facing a team that is a little bit tougher against tight ends, and that's the Buffalo Bills. Now, for me, I'm not really sure. You're gonna, you talked a little bit. I know one of the guys you were interested in fading was Terry McLaurin because of Tredavious White. You just brought up that you like to fade that corner, so that could help a guy like Logan Thomas. But listen, the, the Bills, I know they haven't really faced anybody notable, but Mike Jaziki, prime example, he had 5.6 points and half-point PPR in 2020 against Buffalo. He had 23 points and 7.2. So he dominated Buffalo last year. This year, he did not. So it looks like Buffalo, who was one of the bottom 10 or top 10 in points allowed last year to the tight end positions, really stepped it up. Also, Eric Ebron and a Pat Firemuth had a much more productive day the second game versus what they did against Buffalo. So I just think for me, I kind of want to see Logan Thomas do it with Taylor Heineke. I have so much of Logan Thomas. It's really tough for me to sit him, but I think it's notable either way. But give me, help me out, Buck. I, I I need a I need a guy that I could potentially start in place of Logan Thomas. Tell me a top a quarterback going outside the top twelve at ECR that you're willing to start this week. What I love most about these segments is that sometimes, without even thinking about it on the spot, you'll speak for half of my argument on something. The Patriots they play the Saints. The Saints should sh- shut down Damian Harris. If that's the case, who better to replace him? with targets over the middle than Jonu Smith. I'm going to go Jonu here. He's been solid, not spectacular by any means through two weeks. But with Mac Jones getting more of those reps under center week over week, I just want to see what Jonu can do. And we've seen Jonu be a red zone hog uh, throughout his career so far in the NFL, specifically with the Titans. I hope that that's the case. If they know, if they line up within the eight-yard line, that they will have – a less than stellar chance to punch it in with Damian Harris that Johnny Smith can get in that end zone. It's because it's quickly becoming a situation where your tight end needs to score a touchdown unless it's Kelsey Waller, et cetera. He needs to score a touchdown for you to have one of those top 12 match or one of those top 12 players at the tight end position for the week. I look for Johnny Smith to take that away from New Orleans with their ability to stop the run and hopefully open up the pass there for my guy, Jonu. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to flip it over to somebody else who I who didn't produce last week, but I liked his usage and it's Gerald Everett. So the thing about Gerald Everett was last week is he had one catch, three yards. They complete Tyler Lockett destroyed last week. Freddie Swain got some production. DK Metcalf had 11 targets. It was just the Seahawks did everything they wanted to with their receivers. That led to Everett only getting one uh, one reception for three yards. Not great. This week, things could change a little bit. They're playing against Minnesota Vikings. The Mike, Vikings, by the way, just allowed Max Williams a career day, seven receptions for 94 yards. You just brought this up. I don't want my career high to be, you know, three for 40. I want it to be seven for 94. That's what Max Williams did last week. This guy has been over 50 yards four times in his career. He went over 94. Like, oh, he has never been over 70. He just went 94 last week. That's the matchup Gerald ever gets this week. Another notable thing, you talk about shutdown quarters. Patrick Peterson will most likely see a lot of DK Metcalf this week. Patrick Peterson knows DK from his time from the Cardinals. He's always kind of had DK's number. So it could be something notable. We'll see less volume to DK Metcalf. Lockett's going to do his thing. But this could open up opportunities for Gerald. Ever. And this is the issues I was talking about. Week one, he actually ran less routes than Will Disley. Disley ran 19. Gerald Everett ran 17. In week two, it flipped to 28 for Everett to 9 for Disley. 
I like that usage. He's the main guy. Also, he ran a, a, a route on 30, 28 of 37 dropbacks. So it seems he's on the field. He was running a lot of routes. He clearly took a big step to put Disley behind him. So I think that could open up some opportunities for him. That's why I think he could definitely be a top 12 quarterback uh, tight end for the week. Now, before we go, I want to talk a little bit about a streamer I have at the tight end position. Get your thoughts too, Buck, about it. It is that guy that I just brought up. It's Max Williams. So Max Williams for me is someone that I – 7 for 94 is not too bad. Like against the Vikings, that was a good play. This week they're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I understand not everybody can be invited to the party, but why not invite Max Williams to the party? I mean, he's got two X's in his name. I mean, like at this point, one more X, and we're canceled off YouTube. So at this point, we're glad he kept it at two. But my point is the Jacksonville Jaguars let up some production to Noah Fant. So right there, I said, Pharaoh Brown. Pharaoh Brown from the Texans. Do you know who that is? I barely know who that is. He had four for 67 against the Jags. Kyler Murray and them are going to be throwing a bunch. They're going to go all over the place. Max Williams could easily be someone in 2% owned on Yahoo, someone you could pick up as a streamer this week if you're desperate at tight end. Any thoughts about Max Williams? Is there a guy that you maybe are thinking about in the back of your head other than Max Williams you might be interested in streaming as well? I mean, it's it's definitely a streamer, and I, I want it to be known that there's one of us on this pod that does know who Pharaoh Brown is. What a legend. <laughs> But Max Williams, I mean, I'm fine starting him. The, the thing is, with Rondale Moore kind of busting on the scene here the last couple of weeks, I'm just not high on a tight end for the Cardinals as we currently stand. I'm just not sure about it. Um, but if you got a stream, you got a stream, man. And, and you laid it out there pretty well. So if that's how you're feeling, then feel that way, brother. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Now, see, that's why I like you, Bucky. Let me be me. I let you be you. And that is why we work so well. So there's a couple questions floating on around here. And I know we're not trying to answer too many Star State questions, but we're, we do it for the people, right? And we have a little time here. So I'm going to pick one of these, Buck, and you're going to give us a quick answer on it. The first one is pick three. Keenan Allen, Terry McLaurin, Mike Williams, Robert Woods, Cortland Sutton, Jamar Chase, and Rondell Moore. So who are you starting in this group? Uh, give them a little teaser for Sunday. Yeah, here, Reese. Obviously, those are some fantastic options here to pick three. I can't sit Keenan. Weird week last week, folks. An extremely weird week. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still stick with Keenan Allen here. I'm going to go with Jamar Chase as my number two. And then Bob Woods. So with Jamar Chase, I think he's just building on it, and I think he's going to continue to grow into his role. Bob Woods, he's a guy who's just going to get targets, period, point blank. I'm going to go with that. I don't like Terry's matchup whatsoever with Tredavious White. I'm going to avoid that. I can understand going for a guy like Mike Williams, but you're not going to start Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, and I'm not going to start Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. Okay. Yeah, all right. Listen, Buck, before we go, I know we always like to tell the people about our Sunday live show. So tell the people what they need to know, what they need to do to join us every Sunday for our Start Sit show. Yeah, just go ahead here on the Fantasy Focus Network. You can subscribe, give us a like, give us some love. That'd be fantastic. But if you subscribe, you get that little bell around 9.55 a.m. Eastern time every Sunday morning. That little bell will lead you down a path. That little path will lead you down a river. That river will lead you to the promised land. 
and that's the Fantasy Focus Network live show with the TCK boys from 10 a.m. Eastern to 1 p.m., right up to kickoff. So far, we're two for two, Bob. We've got every question answered, and we will answer it as soon as we can. But some helpful hints. When you drop a question for us on Sunday, make sure you include your format. It really helps us make our decisions, especially when we highlighted some guys today, Bob, like uh, James White. I mean, PPR makes a difference. I need to know. And when I don't see it, it, you can't assume. It's 2021, folks. There are no assumptions in this world. You got to let us know. So join us here. Drop your questions. We'll get to them. And we also appreciate we just letting you all know up front, if you do a super chat, which is helping us, helping you, if you do the super chat, you will be first in line. There was a little bit of an incident last week. You will be first in line if you do the super chat. Otherwise, stick around, hang out, enjoy maybe a pregame cocktail with us. There's some good banter throughout just as we watch and we're appalled by some of the decisions that mostly I make and Levy, sometimes Bobby, hell, sometimes Sky. But that's the fun of it. So come join us, hang out, just have fun. We want to see you in the comments. We want your questions, and we love to help you out. Yeah, man. I know. Thank. Listen, dude. And the point is, listen. There's hundreds of questions we're answering, so it takes about 15 to 20 minutes for us to kind of catch up to your questions. So if you ask a question at 10:15, probably won't get it till about 10:30, 10:45. So stick with us. But like Buck said, if you guys are interested in jumping the line, all you got to do is a small donation. Dollar two goes a long way for us, and you jump the line. And also keep in mind is this: you have to have a YouTube account. Just want to keep that in mind too if you go to the internet browser you'll be able to see a live chat function where you can donate there's a little dollar sign in the bottom or you can use the youtube app on your phone but make sure you have a youtube account that'll really help but that's we're in the books 47 minutes look at us man we are learning we are vibing we are efficient we got all the questions out there but make sure everyone is joining us on sundays but this episode is done for the week all our episodes are brought to you by bet online ag and play action pools but that's all we got for today. I'm Bobby Lamarco. My co-host today was Buck, the Buck, the man of the people, Buck Army. But we're out of here, folks. Thanks for joining again, and we'll see you all on Sunday. See you all later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.